Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Walking On Air podcast, winner of the Inspiration of the Year Award in the Community Sports and Recreation Alliance Awards for 2022. This podcast is for the whole Nordic walking community, from beginner to instructor wherever you are in the world. I'm Mary Tweed, an instructor with British Nordic Walking, and each week I will be discussing various topics with Nordic walkers who are experts in their own particular fields, covering a diverse range of topics about ways in which Nordic walking benefits health and well-being. If you find this podcast beneficial, then I would be extremely grateful if you would consider occasionally making a small donation, the price of a cup of coffee, by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash walking on air. This helps cover the cost of producing these podcasts.
For the final episode of Series 3 of Walking On Air, I have a real treat for you all. In the last two episodes, you have heard about the collaboration between Steve Ellis, national trainer, and his client, another British Nordic walking instructor, Simon Clark, who was written off and told he would never leave his hospital bed after a terrible car accident. They both join me today to discuss what they have learnt from working together, as well as setting goals and meeting expectations in a realistic manner. Steve and Simon, welcome to the final episode of this series of Walking On Air. Hi, Mary. Good to see you. Hi, Simon. Hi, Steve. Mary, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you both so much for joining me today. And the audience is familiar with you because you've both been on in the last couple of weeks on the podcast. So I want to start by asking Steve how you first met Simon, what his walking abilities were like at the time, and did you ever think he would be where he is today? Uh, right. Okay. So I got a phone call from Melissa Demel, who's also been on the podcast, just stating that there was a guy she was working with, uh, names not disclosed or anything like that, who'd been in a very serious accident. Um, he was he was a guy who loved the outdoors, and would I be interested in working with him? So after a couple of months, um, I finally met Simon on May the fourth last year, I think it was, and um, we went off for a little bimble um, near his hometown with Melissa. Uh, Melissa was there to sort of help me understand Simon's requirements and, uh, you know, medically, that is, and also just to see what we were doing and, you know, sort of, I think, put in her mind that she was working with the right person in me to work with Simon. Do I, what did I expect from his walking? Um, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect because I'd never worked with anybody who'd had such um, injuries before. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, what we actually found out kind of shaped how everything else went. So the first day we we probably Nordic walked about 4K and we stopped every 100 metres for several minutes at times because we had to uh, wait for Simon's heart rate to come down to what was then an acceptable level, whereas now it's very different. So, yeah, that's how we met. And I think... Simon and I kind of hit it off straight away because we both kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, we both love the outdoors. And yeah, I think we've, we've both shared in the same experiences throughout our outdoor life. I think So kind of hit it off really. Yeah, and we both got similar sense of humor as well, which always helps. <laughs> that definitely helps. So yeah. Simon, can I ask you, why did you decide to do the Cotswold Way? And what does it mean to you now to have completed it? Well, it's completely Steve's fault, to be honest. Um, after our initial walk, which for me was incredibly painful and very, very difficult, we started talking about doing further and more interesting things. And to put it into perspective, up to that point with Melissa, I'd been walking around football fields and the garden and things like that. Um, I mean, I'd get out of breath walking to, across a car park. So to go on a proper walk with Steve was so incredible. It was amazing. And after we completed that he said well do you want to go and do something a bit more challenging and so we started extending that into walking around some of the local hills and because of where I live the Cotswold Way goes quite close uh, to my house um, so the natural choice was why don't we do a little bit of, of that walk 
And so while we were doing that, we started chatting and um, Steve said how he um, has always enjoyed doing the Cotswold Way with different groups. And I mentioned that I've done it a few times myself and it just kind of snowballed into a, well, do you fancy actually having a go at the proper thing? And I don't think either of us took it that seriously to begin with, but all of a sudden we were committed and Steve came up with lots of different legs and plans on how we were going to do it. And uh, nine or ten months later, we've just finished it. Um, I mean, yes, it's an amazing achievement. Um, an annoying thing for me is part of the sort of brain injury recovery is you don't tend to get excited about achievements and things. It's just kind of a, another day. Um, so for me, it's amazing to actually do it with somebody who gets excited because um, to me, you know, I, I've just gone to the shops and picked up uh, a pint of milk kind of thing. It's that level of excitement. Um, so to be reminded that it's actually quite a cool thing is really nice. So to have Steve by your side with his infectious enthusiasm is obviously quite a, a bonus for you, is it? Absolutely, yes. Your own Labrador puppy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you both what you have learned about setting goals and about meeting those expectations? Right. Um, well, setting goals in, in context of doing this, um, I didn't really need to set the goals because they were Simon's goals. So I was there purely to help him in the hills and, you know, just to be that. I was, it's not even a chaperone, if you like. It was just somebody to be there in case anything happened. Um, and just to to make sure that we didn't get too navigationally misplaced too many times. So I didn't really have much in terms of goal setting with that. Um, what I realised when, you know, after walking with Simon a few times was that he had his own goals. And regardless of what any medical professional said, he was going to do them regardless. Um, and I share his goals in that respect because I, I'm, I don't, I'm like a caged animal. I don't like to be held back, right? As we discussed about the national training thing last week, you know, so I didn't really have too many things on that. But what I had to do was, whilst I understood what Simon's goals were, I had to kind of manage the expectations about what we could do in the short term. You know, I, I have no doubts that Cy will get to the North Pole. I have no doubts he'll get to every space camp. Um, but what we do in between those, between now and then, that's the bit we have to manage those expectations and actually figure out what's what's realistic. And that was very evident last summer. I think it was August 7th. We went up Sugarloaf in uh, the Breckens on a very hot day. And actually, it was a route that would probably take us, um, you know, with my group, it'd probably take two, three hours. I think we did it in five or six, mm. you know, and, and so... And that's not, I mean, the fact that Simon could do that was truly amazing, you know, and, and that's no, not um, putting Simon down because it's not. But it, what we have to do is we, we have to think, well, if this is what we can do now after working with you for, what was it, three or four months, what can we do in six months? What can we do in a year? What can we do in 18 months, two years, five years? What can we do then? You know, and so it's, and I know how hard he's worked on his fitness and managing his expectations within that so that he can go off and do stuff. And I think because he has this thing, as he's just said, about not getting excited about stuff, he he doesn't have an off button. Yeah, He just keeps trying and trying and trying. And I think, I mean, you've said it yourself, Sai, si, on several occasions that you'll keep trying with your PT stuff until you actually just flake out and you can't do any more. You know, and, and I think as he, 
as a personal trainer, as a Nordic walking instructor, as a mountain professional, that's what I'm there for to make sure that I keep his expectations to a level whereby he's not flaking out because he's a big old unit and I ain't carrying him up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> so you're to one like side, it'll be fine. <laughs> so Simon, can I ask you that question about goal setting and managing expectations? Because you are probably one of the most determined people I think I've ever interviewed on this podcast and probably one of the most determined people I've ever met. Um, it's been a really interesting learning curve for me because goals for me were you know I grew up with the attitude of no goal is big enough go for broke you know you aim for the stars with everything you do um and bringing that down to a, a more realistic sense has been quite challenging for me um I mean it's interesting working with sort of physios and various other medical professionals because their goal setting is very different to the kind of thing that I've been brought up with and they have to be realistic and they only spend short periods of time with people. And a lot, most people have a certain level of motivation. And so it's always about managing that and bringing it back to realistic levels because you don't want to push too hard and get injured. You don't want to do something that's going to cause you to step backwards. And I completely respect that attitude. But for me, I I was sort of fighting against that in the early days because I couldn't get excited about walking around a garden. I wanted to go off and climb a mountain and do things like that. And, you know, all, all of the people around me were pulling their hair out because, oh, my God, this guy's a nightmare. He's a lunatic. Um, and so it's learning to rein that in. And and as Steve says, I I don't seem to have this off button thing. Um, I will push myself until my body absolutely collapses. And it has done on many occasions. Um and luckily, I've been in places where you can get away with that. But if I was out in the middle of nowhere, it could get quite dangerous quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so big goals, I think, are fundamentally important. But you do have to have a sense of realism and reality with it. Um, so it, I've learned working with people like Steve and various others to set an amazing goal and then put in safety nets and temper it and uh, it's critically important so it's almost about finding the steps and taking each step at a time to reach that ultimate destination of your goal isn't it absolutely i mean a, a quote i can that's always been with me all my life was an old norwegian one about a man who is a man goes on until he can go no further and then goes twice as far and that's brilliant, but what it tends to mean in my world is I go on until I can go no further, then go a little bit further and pass out and wake up 20 minutes later wondering what's just happened. <laughs> if I can just uh, interject yeah. there, Mary. Yesterday when we were um, coming up towards Cold Ashton on the very final, I think it's 500 metres to go, we had basically about 50 minutes of uphill. Uh, it, was, it was quite steep as well, on a road. And I had to keep saying to Simon, mate, what's your heart rate? What's yeah. your heart rate? And he, he would come back with what it was. I said, right, let's just rest here. And he said, no, no, I can go. I said, no, we're just going to rest. You know, and, and this is a measure of Simon. You know, as I said right at the start, when we started walking on the 4th of May last year, our recovery time was minutes, you know, six or seven minutes. He's now, his heart rate is coming down 50, 60 beats within 30 seconds. Gosh, that is how determined this guy is to to yes. do this. That's and, a huge said, improvement in fitness, isn't it? Oh, it is. But yeah. I, because of Simon doesn't have this off switch, 
and because I'm not prepared to look him up uh, hill, we have to keep managing these expectations all the time. Yeah, so it's, yeah. It's, it's a safety thing as well. Yeah. So, Simon, what has Steve's support meant to you? And do you think the benefit has been more physical or more mental? Um, I think simply it's been more mental for me, really. I mean, his support has enabled me to actually get out and do things. I mean, it's beyond words, but um, it's a motivational thing. It's a, a walking with a good friend. Um, I mean, I can go and do exercises and I do them constantly all day, every day, but to go walking with somebody who has a similar attitude, you know, a similar sense of humor, it, it just makes everything amazing. Um, it, it's night and day to be honest. It really is. And Steve, can I ask you what you have learned from Simon? Wow, what well, haven't I learned from this guy? It's um, it's been a pretty amazing, you know. I've, humility is one of the biggest things I've learned. Is you know, it's this never give up attitude. It's um, it's as I said in my Facebook post yesterday. It's his never give attitude is bigger than life itself, you know. And it's it's taught me when I've been feeling awful that actually I've got nowhere to talk about anything because this guy's gone through so much and does on a daily basis. I know the pain he goes through. And, um, you know, it's, it's taught me that, but it's also taught me as a, as a person it's taught me about managing expectations with others. And, and actually just because somebody can't do something to start with, doesn't mean to say they're not going to do it in the future. Mm. And I think I've learned, I've learned to manage my steps with, with working with Simon. And I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to carry that on in my future life and, and helping others like Simon, maybe in New Zealand, being able to do what he's done. Uh, but now I understand how small these steps have to be. But actually, by taking these small steps, a bit like a toddler when they start to crawl, and then they start to toddle, and then they start to walk, you know, it gets momentum picks up really quickly. And before you know it, you are going to the North Pole, you are going to every space camp, and you can do these things. So I mean, I've got so much to be grateful for Simon. And I think, you know, this started off as a professional thing to do, working with Simon. But I think, you know, what we've got is a good friendship. And, you know, we're going to stay in touch when I'm in New Zealand. And hopefully he's going to come out and do the Torero Trail with me, 3,000K in uh, from Cape Renga down to the Bluff. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a very cool challenge. I look forward to yeah. hearing more about it in due course. Well, that'd be nice, yeah. Maybe in a few years' time. <laughs> Steve was saying about sort of managing small tasks and baby steps. Well, something I've learned through all of this is what it feels like to be completely written off. Um, so, you know, you're going along, life's brilliant, everything's fantastic. And the next thing you know, you're being treated like, you know, the, the lowest form of life on the planet. And those small steps that are tiny and insignificant to a normal able bodied person are massively important to the person on the other side. Yeah. So it might be a tiny win, but it's those tiny wins over and over build up to a massive, great big thing. So a, a tip for anybody in Steve's shoes or similar shoes is don't ever forget how powerful those little things are. Those tiny wins are an entire universe to the person on the other side. Yes, that that's what builds resilience and strength, isn't it? 
and make somebody Absolutely. believe they can carry on and get through the worst times. Definitely. And I know you've got plenty of challenges planned. Do you have somebody else when Steve moves to New Zealand to take over as your Nordic walking companion? Um, well, Steve's doing, been doing a fantastic job sowing the seed and planting lots of options. I mean, um, being a, an IML, he's got this amazing network of people and um, he's introduced me to uh, a few different people who are very inspiring in lots of different ways. They could lead to other interesting sort of trips um, further afield. So there's lots on that, that side. I've also been starting to walk with um, a couple of other people who've had sort of injuries and similar sort of lifelong disabilities and things. So um, you putting that Nordic walking instructor into a, a bit of use. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of options. Definitely. Fantastic. And do either of you have anything else you would like to add to this episode about what you've learned over the last year, about goals and expectations, or just lessons for life in general? I think, as Simon's just quite rightly said, just this never give up attitude. Just never, ever give in, because you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And, and that's one of the things I've learned from Simon. Just never give in. Never give in. How about you, Simon? Um Similar gets, I suppose. Um, an interesting thing I realised yesterday when we um, were doing that uphill thing is it's amazing how quickly your mind wants to give up. And there were several occasions where it's like, right, I need to stop now, I can't go any further. And then 10 seconds later, I'm walking faster than I was before. Just because something's screaming at you because it hurts, because you've got no energy, doesn't mean we're at the breaking point. There's always a little bit more reserve. Um, so stay strong keep pushing forwards and you can achieve those goals every time wow those are lessons that can be applied to all areas of life i think thank you both so so much for joining me today i really hope we stay in touch and i hope to get you both back on the podcast in the future take care bye thanks mary bye bye I hope that you have enjoyed Walking On Air, and if so, then I would be extremely grateful if you could spare 30 seconds to like and review this podcast on the platform that you listen on, and hit the subscribe button, particularly if you listen on Apple. It will help spread the word about Nordic Walking and about this podcast. If you have any feedback, suggestions of a topic, or a story that you want to share on this podcast, please get in touch by emailing hello at walkingonairpodcast.co.uk. You can also follow the show on social media. On Facebook, it is simply Walking On Air. And on Instagram, the handle is walking underscore on underscore air underscore podcast. Have a great week and happy Nordic walking. Finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, NordicWalk.store and Walking Women. 
Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.